Chapter 15 The Decision We rose in the midday brightness. The Christmas Valley spread below us. In the middle of the scene was Finway's springtime village. Elves gathered all around, admiring his handiwork. However, there was something more happening in the town square. All along the quaint street, elves were gathering. Giant toys were being pushed into place. At the far end of the lane, Santa's sleigh sat in all its golden glory. I shouted to Finway, but to no avail. As we neared the top of the sky, he motioned to a cave that was visible on the side of the mountain. With the help of the fairies, we flew to its opening and gently landed within the safe walls. I could barely contain myself as my feet touched the ground. Finway, what was happening in the village? Why were all of the elves gathering there? What were those giant toys doing in the street? Was that Santa's secret? The one he asked you not to share? Please tell me I've never seen anything like that before. Finway laughed as he thanked the fairies. So many questions that you have. Where do I begin? Now Santa told me not to share, but this would be no sin. He held up his hand, a small space between his thumb and index finger, indicating that he could share just a bit. Preparation has begun for our special show. There within the village, sitting among the snow, he continued, elves and gnomes, fairies too, and you, my special guest, will all be part of our parade, a most prestigious list. Parade? What parade? I questioned. Will my grandfather be there? Who's in the parade? Why do you have a parade? Is Santa in the parade? My questions rolled on until finally Finway held up one hand for silence and extended his other. He slowly opened his hand, palm upward. As I watched, a bright light a small star from the cold night sky landed there. Its brilliance began to soften, and from its dazzling center, a tiny being, no bigger than a firefly, emerged. The parade was now a distant memory. Though dimmed, the miniature creature was still bright and difficult to look at directly. I could see the thin wings that formed a sharp V in the middle of its back. With curving outer edges, that returned at the bottom. I was unsure if this was a boy or a girl, though the features were fine and delicate like a young lady. A cool blue hue emerged from the dimming light. As my eyes adjusted, I could begin to make out the long, thin features of this one's petite face. The fairy's sharp, slender nose came to a point, as did the tall, narrow ears. The mouth was modest in size on the tapered, angular face. I turned away as the glow began to cause my eyes to burn. The name is Gentry and a friend, Finway explained. She heard your gentle plea for spinning top so long ago that you have brought, I see. He pointed to the treasure, treasured object that I still clutched in my hand. I think that Gentry would be pleased to see a wish fulfilled. 
An elfish grin spread across his mischievous face as he concluded, "And marvel at the craftsmanship of one so very skilled." We all laughed at his obvious boast, but his meaning was clear. I held out my hand, cupped slightly, with a small top resting within the bowl. As I did, the fairy took flight and landed on the heel of my palm. I thought I heard the faint sounds of music as the creature felt the finely made toy. It seemed fascinated by the cut grooves that ran around the outside of the top. Just as quickly, it left my hand and flew to Finway's ear. A thin smile came across his face as he listened to what I was sure was a fairy song. Finally, Gentry flew away, and just the three of us remained. What did Gentry say? Finola and I questioned in unison. Puzzled and confused by the question, Finway answered haltingly, "It is more or less a feeling that fairies leave within." He paused between each word as he continued, "Thankful, happy, joyful heart for what the toy has been." His response seemed almost a question more than a statement, but I understood once again the meaning. As I looked about, I began to get a bearing on where we were in this high mountain cave. A sharp, plunging drop surrounded the outside of the cave entrance. We were only inches from the top of the sky, or the bottom of the lake, depending on how you looked at it. The lake's bowl shape. Narrow at the edges, but deeper in the middle, allowed sunlight to filter through from the sky above. I asked Finola about the suspended lake. Once again, she chuckled, perhaps at my curiosity, but she willingly explained. Our sky, your lake, a puzzle, yes, she said, but it has kept us safe from curious eyes and minds. Like yours, my little wandering waif. I like the sound of that. Perhaps that is what I was—a wandering waif. I listened more intently to this elf, of whom I had become so fond. Our valley, she continued, was an open bowl when elves still roamed the land, but men approached and found our home, and soon that would expand. I knew the history well. Once found, a mysterious land like this would not be left alone. So, with magic, deep and strong, she explained, the ancients formed the sea to hide the valley from your kind and keep our people free. From your kind, these three seemingly insignificant words reminded me how remarkable it was. That I had been allowed to come here with my grandfather, and what an incredible man my Isoisa truly was. As I look back now, so many years later, it also spoke much about the wisdom of the elves. In the 1920s, remote areas became accessible to all. Planes began to fly the skies, and lands untouched by human foot became scenery for human eyes. Finway explained that we had come to this cave as a way of reaching the surface. Through this opening and its many tunnels, we could reach the land above the lake. 
From there, Finway shared, it would be his pleasure to show us a most amazing portal that entered into this land. I could not wait, but tried to hide my excitement. Finola was more cautious, warning us about the possible dangers. What if we are seen? She questioned. What if Elway finds out? It was against the rules for any elf to venture from the valley without permission, especially at this time of the year. Do I sense a bit of fear in your trembling heart? Finway teased. Perhaps I'll have to go alone. I'd hate to be apart. I'm not afraid to go, Finola reassured. And you know that's true, but Nicholas here might be unsure of what he ought to do. My head swirled. I had so wanted to slide into the village as my grandfather had done. This, this would be the greatest slide of all. My grandfather's voice, however, played inside my head. You must protect it as I have for these many years. I knew what I should do, but instead I replied, Oh, I'll go.